We do not kneel. I'll have thousands of your men in chains by nightfall. I've nowhere to put them. I've nothing to feed them. I'm not here to slaughter beat dogs. Their fate depends on their king. All the same. We do not nail. All right, boys and girls, here we go. For seminars, August 12th through the 14th is the next one up, but that only has about five spots left. After that, October 14th through the 16th, then December 9th through the 11th. For camps coming up, we do have a coaching development camp on October 1st in Columbus. It's starting strength Columbus. That'll be covering how to coach the squat. For lifting camps, we have a deadlift and power clean camp with a couple spots left on August 20th in Indianapolis. And then we have another one on September 10th in Houston at Starting Strength Houston. For squat and deadlift camps on the list, August 21st in Bergen, Norway, August 27th in Beaverton, Oregon at Starting Strength Beaverton, and November 26th in Stockholm, Sweden. And then for three lift camps on the list covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift, August 27th will be in Greenville, South Carolina, September 17th in Brussels, Belgium, and September 24th in Orange County, California at The Strength Co. If you thought about becoming a starting strength coach and didn't know where to start, we have a coaching prep course that will help you. The coaching prep course is a self-guided 26-module preparatory course that covers all of the academic elements as well as the coaching elements of becoming a starting strength coach. You get assigned a starting strength coach as a mentor. You're expected to read the material, turn in some writing assignments, record yourself, turn in some coaching assignments, get some feedback from a starting strength coach, and hone your skills. For more information on that, check out the coaching tab at starringstrength.com. And as usual, for more information on any of the events that I've talked about, head over to starringstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. All right, well, welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. And uh, today we're going to read a bunch of shit that you people asked us to answer. And the reason we do this is because we don't have a guest handy today. (laughs) Or a topic. Or a topic, Andy. We just let, you know, you. This is very dangerous. Let you decide the content of the show. It's foolish. Really. It's stupid we do this. Yeah. You know, as will become apparent here in a minute. What are you going to do? We don't, we're not, we don't have that many ideas. We are kind of stupid in terms of new ideas. That's true. Yep. I don't know. How many have we done so far? 170 or some shit? This will be 170. Yeah. 170 shows. With, um, you know, minimum outside input. Yeah. I mean, Ray, he's supposed to be an executive producer. Hadn't suggested a goddamn thing. Shit. Sometimes he'll email somebody for you. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why he's on the take him off the credit. It doesn't go anywhere. Right? <laughs> take him off the fucking credit. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Have him on as an executive he producer. I ain't even heard you know, from him. You know what he's executive producing is his own fucking podcast. That's exactly what he's right. doing. He's off why it. should we promote his podcast? That's right. I ask you. He's off it. He's I don't off. see any I don't see any point. He's All gone. right, take him off. He's gone. Take him off. He's gone. He's only executive. Let him executive produce his own ass. Right. 
Yeah. Right? The, the executive producer of this show is me. So you put really me are. on instead of... I'll fix it. Put me on instead of Ray, all right? I'll fix it. Yeah, what is the executive producer? Like, pays for it, right, basically? I haven't seen producers. a fucking dime from that motherfucker. I think they're the ones that rent the offices and... <laughs> I haven't seen one know, dime from Make them. sure the damn... Uh, Gas is turned on and yeah, shit right, like that. Right. <laughs> In exchange for having their name, right at the top at of the, the top of the thing, top of the deal. <laughs> you always see the executive producer before the director. Sure. It's executive producer is the business guy. guy yeah, the you most know? important guy. Before but, uh, Tom Cruise, it says executive producer. Well, usually it's Tom Cruise also, no, but yeah. he does that himself, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> Anymore, you know. So I, I have to be the executive producer instead of Ray from now on. Okay. So, yes, make that change. I'll fix it. Okay. Make it so. Make it so. Right? You know, I've thought about this a lot every time I see it come up. Oh, wow. R- Rusty's. Yeah. You're resolving in the a, back of your mind. You're resolving a lot. Long... Oh, it's in the front of my mind normally. Right. Yeah, that's good. Glad we All could right. make Rusty happy. <laughs> well, let's see. Last time we did Lovers, didn't we? We did. It was pretty lame. Is real lame. Yeah, I like this time. It's back. I thought to, it was fun. What's well, back to haters this yeah. time? Throw some positivity out in the universe. I will let you know there were a lot of lover comments though. I just, we had to ignore right. them. A lot of lot of love. Well, there's no love in this. No, pile there's right not. Here. There's not. Just this vi- is, vitriol. This is uh, this is rather harsh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is. Uh, let's do our proper introduction. Yeah, yeah, with my. Definitely. Homemade reverb here. <clears throat> Comments, Comments from, from the heaters. It's fitting. It was my. For my facial expressions sufficiently yeah. communicative. Yeah. Well, yeah sorry for the audio people, but it was really good. All right. So some dumb motherfucker by the name of Christopher Sivina says, I've always been interested in weight training, but when Rip and the SS community goes off on skinny someone between 165 to 185 pounds is... It makes me wonder if this is a program that promotes obesity. <laughs> I have no interest in not being able to fit in an airplane seat. Apparently, this guy's at one eighty. Goal in life is to be a passenger. <laughs> that's his. That's his, his primary aspiration. You must spend a lot to be of time a passenger. on an airplane. Well, you know what happens the moment you get over 205, you can't fit in airplane seats. No, anymore. no, the airplane seats are only 17 inches. That's right. Across between the armrests, you yep. know. Yep. Do they still make you buy two if you're overweight? I don't know. I don't know. I don't fly anymore. I doubt it. Fuck those people. That's, that's, I don't fly uh, anymore. Shaming. You can't do that. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to be treated that way. I leave in handcuffs. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, does this guy think his pronunciation of vision is funny? Or does he honestly not know how to say the word? 
feel like we've well, already, I don't understand. We've already talked about this. What what is wrong with vegin? Nothing. Nothing. V E G E T A B L E is pronounced town. Not vegetable. No, it's not vegetable, it's vegetable. So if you're using a derivative of that word vegetable for somebody who's incapable of eating anything but vegetables, why is vegin being mispronounced? Right. In fact, it, you, would, it would intuit well, Rip, that... Uh, it intuits well. It intuits yes. well that veg-in is correct. Veg. I mean, if it was veg, it would be two e's. Right. I would submit that if they want it spelled, pronounced vegan, that they should stop misspelling it. That would be my vegan has a more vegan has a more religious tone towards it, doesn't it? Than vegan. <clears throat> Say vegan, it sounds like you're part of something. Part of a, you're a, lar- a movement. You're a vegan. You're a vegan. Like a, how's Vedic is pronounced? How do the Hindus pronounce the? I have no idea. The V-E-D-I-C, isn't that a discipline within Hinduism? You're asking the wrong guy. Fuck, I Just because I'm brown? I don't know. Well, that's this? a good point. I, I, Why are you asking me? There I, I am a racist, aren't I? All right, well. Please accept. Let's move on, please. Accept my humble <laughs> apology. All right. <clears throat> this guy's real smart here. Lift more with a BB than trap bar space question mark. Zay say what? <laughs> W-U-T space question mark. Hard to agree with most of the claims here. I think that's pronounced what? Uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, what is W-H-A-T, what? Exactly, it's what? What? <laughs> but he writes W-U-T, what? <clears throat> Hard to read most of the claims here. Well, you know, my entire self-image is completely dependent on you agreeing with me. So you've really got a point. I have to be agreed with or I'm a suicide risk. Okay. First thing is to get way too fat and have subpar lifting numbers. What's Mike that in reference to? Vigiani, Mike Vigiani. What are your numbers, Mike? You fucking pussy. <laughs> okay. Why is this guy doing a good morning with a ton of butt wink so dangerous? This is with respect to learning to squat video. Uh, yes. Skinny nerd. Oh, this is about the 21 days around Everest with Conti. <laughs> Skinny nerd interview that nobody listens past 30 seconds. Another swing and a miss by Fat Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Fat Ray. He is an obese motherfucker, isn't he? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh god almighty it's horrifying to look at ray he really just kind of flows down <laughs> when he walks he flows he's so fat yeah. and conti oh god <laughs> well i guess he's the skinny yeah. one though <laughs> i think that must be who they're talking yeah <laughs> all right here's a good one for you nick looks like a genie <laughs> Is that a, that's not a hater a comment. That one got me. You need a little swami <laughs> cap a hater on. Comment? <laughs> Thank you. That one got me. That's yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> All right. Chase Lindley presses 405. Oh, Couple excellent. of comments on this. Good, this good. is productive. <laughs> While everybody is kissing this dude's ass, <laughs> I must say this this looks like shit. And this stupid mess is going to hurt him or someone else. <laughs> I love that you well, insist on valuable. reading it exactly the way it's, it's yeah. written. That's great. <laughs> oh, and here he is again. That's not a true press. <laughs> well, I guess this guy knows. Oh, it's the same guy? Same guy. Oh, okay. Same guy. He's really upset. All right. Uh, here's somebody that says uh, this is in res- with respect to what it takes to become a starting strength coach. Part one. Please don't listen to this guy. Please. Because <laughs> you wouldn't know. <laughs> what? What? All right. Here's one. This is uh, this is pretty fun. Why the trap bar is completely useless with Mark, but this thing just returns yeah, dividends. If you guys want to want to hurt us, <laughs> stop commenting on the trap bar video. Why well, that eliminate the comments That'll from wipe the us out? What do we do then? That what we'd have to invent comments from the yeah. Hater? We'd have to get Ray on a bunch so people call him fat. Quote. Anything I don't personally recommend is useless. <laughs> Mark Ripito. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> no, that's actually that's, that's actually that's actually true. <laughs> and uh, oh, this is a good one. This is uh, how to open a starting strength gym. The starting strength gym podcast number twenty. Wolfgang Lazana says. Man with two ends. Who TF are these posers? We want Ripito. Well, I understand. That's not his, really a hater comment. I, I understand his I understand his sentiment, but he's he's commenting on the starting gym <laughs> podcast, not this podcast. So. Anyway, <laughs> these people are just some dense motherfuckers you know and that concludes this week's installment of comments from the haters 
Well. How about that? I feel lighter. Yeah. Feel, feel good after that? <clears throat> yeah. Now that that's over with. So, look. <laughs> Q&A. What's Marty Fox going to ask us today? <laughs> Let's see. Let's just start with, all right. He he says you caught me. <laughs> I missed a few Q and A's. With regard to coming back off of a layoff, is the loss greater when your strength is greater? That is, if you've worked up to within a higher percentage of your potential. Not saying that I have. Is the adaptation more fleeting, or is it more of a mental loss? Well, uh, Martin, our friend here, uh, if if you are, for example, squatting in the upper 600s when you take your layoff, all right, you take a layoff, you're off for two, three months. You know, you take a trip to Antarctica or, <laughs> you know, something you know you got to get married and shit or whatever you know and, and you can't train for three months and you come back if you come back after that layoff and you get within 90 percent of the prs that you that you left the layoff with that you are going to hurt yourself. At minimum, you're going to be so goddamn sore that you can't function for a while. That kind of soreness is not productive. All right. So what you can do and what you should do are two different things here. All right. Uh, if you're up in the 600s, in the upper 600s with your squat when you start the layoff, your strength is there, but you're just not conditioned for the the negative, for the eccentric loading that that much weight uh, produces in a set of five or a set of three, and you're gonna you're gonna be real real sore. Now, can you do it? Yeah. Your strength is strength is a, a, a very very persistent adaptation. But should you do it is the more important question. And the answer to that is, is no, you shouldn't do that. What you should do is recapitulate over about three weeks your novice linear progression. So you start it first day back after three months layoff. You're going to do two and a quarter for three sets of five and stop. Even though it's light, you're going to stop because Believe it or not, that's going to make you sore. It's going to make you real sore. But not as sore as 405 would make you. Even though you can squat 405 for three sets of five, you should not do that. Okay? Don't be stupid, all right? You've got other shit to do here. Better question would be, why would you take the layoff? Why would you lay off three months? What the fuck's wrong with you? You know, don't do that. Your whole life should always be about your training. Right? 
Anybody disagree with that here? Anybody in this room disagree with that? Your whole life. Your whole life. Yeah. I mean, why'd you take a layoff? You're always. I mean, you're not. You're not ever going to be <clears throat> less than or more than 20, 30 percent off no. your strength, right? So, so it's all relative, right? If you're a novice, twenty to thirty percent off is not that much. If you're squatting five hundred pounds, twenty to thirty percent off is is significant. But unless but you get right back, yeah, unless you get real sick, you're not going to be. Yeah. you're going to always be within within let's say twenty to thirty five percent of your of your strength. Yeah, let's say you have to take a three month layoff because you got cholera, <laughs> or or some type of encephalitis on your trip to Africa or something like that. Well, yeah, you're going to be in pretty bad shape, right? You know, and it's going to take a while to get back from that. But you've got to um, – you, you have to approach this from a practical standpoint from time to time, much as that pains everyone. Uh, if you're going to take a three-month layoff, no matter what, the, what the, the, the reason for the layoff is, that's irrelevant. You're going to come back. You're going to be off. But you're off because of – your conditioning to the eccentric loading, right. not because you're not strong enough to do heavy weights. Yep. You're, you have to get used to the negatives again, and you have to give yourself time to do that. So you take a very quick ramp back up through the kind of a recapitulation, like I said, of the of the novice linear progression. First days back, you're going to do 225 for three sets of five. Second workout back, you'll do 275, and then 315, and 365, and then 405, and the first 55, and then 495, and then you're back to close to where you're working. It'll ramp up pretty quick. The, yeah. the, the way the the way to fuck it up real bad is is and just to reemphasize what you were saying is that first the first workout back because you can take <clears throat> you can take one workout. And go light. You can even go pretty heavy as long as you keep the volume very low. Like a work up to a triple, work up to one set and of one five, set of five and then like be that. done with it. But it's it's going to be moderate. And after if you've got that first workout in, you you you'll still get sore. But the problem is when you do too much on that first workout because oh, you're going yeah. to feel fucking great. You do that first workout, you're and then get you, all, you, you know, can't your walk. Your eyes get all big. And yeah, shit. you can't you're, walk for three days afterwards. You, you know, you you know that kind of inflammation's just because that's what it'll be. Right. You're create a whole bunch of inflammation. It's, it's not good for you. So don't do that. Yep. Come back after a layoff and don't be stupid. It'll be there. Uh, your training is not a short-term thing. Training is lifetime. And you got time to run it back up. And you're going to run it back up, not five pounds at a time, but like 40 pounds at a time. Right. And you'll be back there within four or five workouts. So just don't be a dumbass, all right? Some guy named Waiter25 says, Hey, Rip, you missed my question by just one last time, so let's try again. <laughs> it must have got cold or something. Started with strength training a couple years ago. But just within the last month, discovered starting strength. Well, the guy's a dumbass. <laughs> right? Currently six foot, 240, and lifts are as follows. Squat, 390. Bench, 290. 
deadlift 435, pressing 170. Been training consistently, though my lifts don't really indicate that. No, they don't. Should I start all over on the novice LP? Also, what is an ideal weight for me? Well, see, that's a stupid-ass question. He's 30% body fat right now. Ideal weight for you is uh, at 6 foot. It's as heavy as you can get at 6 foot. But if you're 30% body fat, you're not going to be 30% body fat at an ideal weight. So eh, what sort of eating program should I follow? Thanks for not selling out to wokeness. And when will Ray Gillenwater be more than just slightly entertaining? <laughs> that may be the best question in this. <laughs> I don't anticipate that happening, waiter, so don't wait around on Ray to turn into Jack Benny. Okay. <laughs> now, The question here, best I see, should I start all over on the novice LP? What does that even mean? I mean, it's if only these been are your lifts, month. currently your lifts are 390 bench, uh, squat, 290 on the bench, 435 deadlift, 170 on the press. Why should you start all over? Isn't that what you're doing now? Right. You should be doing the novice linear progression now. Right. Because these numbers are not consistent with six foot and 240. So you should still be doing the novice linear progression. Does that make any sense? I, the I'm, question doesn't make much sense. That, that question doesn't make much sense. Maybe that's why I missed it yeah. last time. Could be. So now we... Uh, all right, now. Okay, this question is for Nick regarding oh, his man. article, The 330-Pound Press, Ordinary Programming, Extraordinary Persistence. Must have been about Chase, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been about Chase. At the beginning of Chase's training log leading up to the meet, he was doing a traditional four-day split of two lower body days, two upper body days, Texas method. Two lower body days and two upper body days is not Texas method. It's four days. The four day split. A few weeks into the log, he switched to one lower, one upper each day, four days a week. Okay. Right. I haven't seen this approach. One lower, one upper each day mentioned very often in practical programming or on the forums. What was the reason for switching to this four-day split? When would you use this approach for other clients? I made this change to my current programming because I found that the volume days were very long and my second lift of the day would suffer, doing the lower body lift first, followed by the upper body lift, has helped me to continue progressing on all four lifts. When I use a, a four-day split, that's usually the standard upper-lower, <coughs> and I'm pretty sure that's the first example in practical pro programming too isn't it yeah upper upper body no lower i don't i don't have a four day upper body lower body deal in there but if i would i would i would imagine that the reason for that is because you wanted him to press four days a week not in not initially um it, well in, in practical programming there is the upper lower split um but it, initially it's just uh 
for for convenience. You know, you got right. you got your lower body, your squat and your deadlifts, uh, and then you're pressing your benching. But then, yeah, when you go to a three day pr- a week pressing and a four day a week pressing, uh, hmm. there you go. It's hmm. already set up for you. Right. So you press, squat, press, deadlift, press, power clean, press, light squat. Yep. Something like that. Yep. To facilitate the for pressing right workouts. If you want to specialize in the press, that's what you've got to do. You want to specialize in the press, you've got to press four days a week. And the reason for that is we've discussed this before. Presses are very technical, very, very sensitive to groove. You have to practice them as much as you have to train them. And if you're going to practice them, you've got to do them four days a week. Yep. And the thing can't ever get out of the groove. And um, one, of, one of those... Four days includes some benching too, probably. Right. Okay. So I guess that answers that question. Yeah. You satisfied with it? I'm fine with it. I don't remember that article. Right. Right. Ross says, let's stir the pot, shall we? Rip, what's your honest opinion of those who adorn themselves with ink tattoos? Do you have any? Rusty, cover your ears. If not, why not? We've roasted pajama boys. We should be able to poke fun at our own culture. And I suspect Rip is the guy to do it. Well, all right. There's two reasons that I don't have any tattoos. All right. One, I don't like tattoos on me. I really like tattoos on girls. But I don't like them on me. All right? And I don't like them on me for two reasons. First reason is I was taught a long time ago that tattoos were positive ID. And you don't want positive ID. Criminals taught me that a long time ago. Tattoos are positive ID. You know, bikers and shit. Right? Second, if I got a tattoo, I mean, the damn thing's there. It's there. <laughs> you know, I know guys that have 50-year-old tattoos on their arm, and it's just a kind of a mess of greenish-looking shit. <laughs> you know. More importantly than that, my tastes have changed over the years to the point where if I got a tattoo on my arm right now that I thought was real, real neat, 30 years from now, assuming I'm still alive, which is a ridiculous assumption, I I probably wouldn't like it. And I had enough sense to know that. So I didn't have Conan tattooed on my arm when I was <laughs> 21. There wouldn't be anything wrong with that. That'd be fucking That would cool. be pretty cool. Yeah. It'd be a little faded now. But <laughs> yeah, it'd be really cool as shit. So I, I and just, you'd be way ahead of the curve on, on everybody. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe tattoo uh, technology's changed over the years. But, uh, you know, my, my tastes change, and I, tattoos don't. They just get shittier looking. So that's why I don't have a tattoo. So, but I mean, you know, if I start criticizing people with tattoos, then I wouldn't have anybody working for me. So, you know. 
it. I mean, basically everybody but me has a tattoo. Yeah. So, I mean, you just, you know, just get used to the idea, you know. And uh, that is what I have done. So, all right, here's an interesting question. Let's see if I can figure out how to answer this. Uh, hey, Rip, thanks for all you do to the strength community. Help me greatly over the past three years. Does the demonstration of power come at a greater fatigue cost than a demonstration of strength? For example, does an Olympic weightlifter suffer the same fatigue that a power lifter does after a competition or hard training session? No, he does not. Because power cannot be displayed at a, at a high percentage of strength, right? I think most people will tell you that the greatest amount of power is displayed at about 65, maybe 68% of one RM. And the fatigue at 65, 68% of one RM is not particularly severe. You can do an Olympic lifting workout and do a whole bunch of snatches and cleaning jerks and not be particularly fatigued. And there's a couple of reasons for this. All right, one is that, as mentioned, it's not a terribly high percentage of your one rep max, and it doesn't tap into and recruit all of the motor units that a one or two or even a five RM squat does. You're not fatiguing as much muscle mass because you're not able to call it into recruitment. And uh, and two, an often overlooked aspect of this is that the the power lifts involve a negative component, an eccentric component that the snatch and a clean and jerk do not. Now, if you rack a a clean, you're going to ride the clean down into the bottom of the squat which means, you know, for most people, eight or ten inches worth of, of eccentric resistance to the, to the front squat. And then you're going to stand back up with it. So the exposure to the, to the eccentric load is rather minimal, even in a clean. And in the front squat, there's, there's very little. I'm, I mean, in a, in a snatch, there's very little exposure to the eccentric especially because of the fact that the weight is so light with respect to your squat so you're not beating yourself to death with the eccentric loading on snatches and cleaning jerks uh, they're easier to recover from as a result of that because the lower levels of systemic inflammation due to the fact that the eccentric load is what produces all the soreness uh, so, no, Olympic lifters, I mean, the guys doing the Bulgarian-type training where they come in and handle heavy snatches and cleaning jerks six days a week, they get adapted to that. Right. And they're not – no, they couldn't do it if it was terribly fatiguing. There's it's, high, there's high uh, amounts of power being produced, but it's for a very limited amount of time. 
Because for overall, a limited right? amount of time and with 65, 60%, exactly. 68% so of there's one the, rep max. The time strength. component, which is tied to motor unit recruitment, right? There's the right. load, which is not, regardless of how heavy the snatch or the clean and jerk is, it's not. It's not one RM. one RM load. Maximum, you know. And there's the eccentric component as well. It's longer ranges of motion, right? right? Now, let, let's make sure I hear them screaming right now. A one RM clean is not the same thing as a one RM deadlift. Right. No. A 1RM snatch is not the same thing as a 1RM squat because of the different nature of the two lifts. Right. All right. And anybody that's ever thought about this for more than about 15 seconds understands that there, a 1RM snatch is not the same level of physiologic stress as a 1RM squat. All right, now. People people will ask this. Uh, I've I've had people ask me this because the first time they do or start doing a, a snatch, for example, they get real winded. But right. you can't confuse getting winded with fatigue because it's different things. No, it's it's not the same thing, right? So oh oh, snatches make you acutely tired right yeah, now, especially if you're not because good at you're them. moving your whole body over a long range of right. motion. You're moving the bar over a long range of motion, but what's on the bar? Right. Not much weight. Yeah. All right. Not much weight. Yep. You breathe hard for like two minutes and then you're over it. Yeah, especially when you're when you're not conditioned. For yeah. It. When you're right. when it's unfamiliar to you, right? Yeah. You get good at it, you but you know, I'm, faster. this this uh, you know the the difference between the Olympic lifts and the and the power lifts in terms of their training tonnage uh, that confuses a lot of people. It sure does confuses a whole bunch of people a set heavy set of five squats is way 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 more of a source of systemic fatigue and inflammation than our 25 snatch doubles right because of the load yep. because of the eccentric work that has to be done and lower in the squat rebounding out of the bottom of it standing back up with it especially that hard fifth rep it's it taps in you're recruiting a whole bunch more motor units in a heavy set of five squat than you are in a snatch now there's and then there are differences in terms of the of individuals with respect to that that contrast as well a guy that can uh with a with a 38-inch vertical, is going to be able to recruit more motor units into a into a snatch, into a heavy snatch, than a guy with a 24-inch vertical. Because that's the difference in the verticals. Sure. That's that's the difference in what you're looking at when you're looking at a standing vertical jump. How many motor units can you recruit into contraction in a quarter of a second? Is what the standing vertical jump measures. That's exactly what it measures. And if you have got a 38-inch vertical, then you are really, really good at contracting a whole bunch of motor units in a very, very short amount of time. This will show up in your snatch. You'll snatch more on day one than the guy that doesn't. Okay, and... The more motor units you you recruit into contraction, 
the more muscle mass in that cross section you are working and the more fatigue you're able to apply to yourself so a guy with a and i think it's a good way to look at it a guy with a with a with a big standing vertical guys with big verticals can snatch and clean and jerk more than guys with little verticals they also can fatigue themselves more effectively doing the olympic lifts than guys with more average explosive capacity and, but that that only that only matters really when you're comparing one guy to another guy. So right. uh, you know because for the, for any in, given individual, right. whether they're very explosive or not, the squat and the deadlift will still be more fatiguing than the clean and jerk and the snatch. Right. Especially if their stupid ass coaches convinced them not to not to deadlift. Right. And back squat heavy. Yep. Yep. Then they're really not used to it. Right. But uh, you know I, most. Most good Olympic lifters anymore deadlift, I think. The good ones. Certainly squat heavy as hell. They squat heavy. You know, they're they're doing a bunch of heavy work. Right. There's no doubt about it. But uh But your point about this uh the tonnage thing being confusing, I mean you can you can uh, The tonnage is not equivalent. Olympic lifting tonnage is not equivalent not, to powerlifting tonnage. It's not, but people absolutely but you not. can you people will will take that argument, even though they might not be talking about Olympic weightlifting, and say something and think to themselves, I'm doing, you know, fifty thousand kettlebell swings. You know, it yeah. that's a very fatiguing event. It's it, but it's fatiguing in, in well, a way that's not productive the way that a set of five deadlifts would be well if you care about uh, strength a right? classic example of this is to compare uh, a power lifting weeks tonnage to an olympic lifting weeks tonnage all right uh olympic lifters on a regular basis at at high levels handle a hell of a bunch of tons right. a week yep 50,000 pounds a week is not unusual for those guys because they're doing lots and lots and lots of work on the snatch, clean and jerk, and it adds up. It adds up much faster than sets of five squats and deadlifts do. But the stress is not comparable. Right. You cannot compare them. Ask me how I know this. All right? I... Got some bad coaching advice a long, long time ago about keeping track of my weekly tonnage and trying to get my weekly tonnage up. Now, that makes a lot of sense for an Olympic lifter, but it doesn't make any sense for a power lifter. It makes no sense at all for a power lifter because the stress is not comparable. There's a difference in a heavy back squat, set of five, and 20 cleans involving a front squat there's a difference difference in the quality of the stress just think about it a minute you cannot compare 20 cleans with five squats they're two different things they recruit different numbers of motor units they involve different amounts of weight there's different amounts of grind they're, they're completely different and if you try to run your tonnage up in the power lifts, you will overtrain. You will overtrain. It won't take you very damn long to do it either. 
all the drugs in the world will not keep that from happening. It won't. And you, you had better think about this very, very carefully because uh, well, a whole bunch of people have been coached incorrectly over the years about this. You can overtrain very quickly if you're doing squats, deadlifts, presses, and benches with excessive amounts of tonnage. It's not, a, it's, it's not productive to do that. Now, you get away with that on snatches and cleaning jerks and assistance exercises like high pulls. But um, you start adding up a whole bunch of tonnage and trying to do sets across and sets across, sets across on deadlifts and squats, you're going to be fucked up here pretty quick. All right? Try it and see. Try it and see. Just go ahead, get it over with. All right? Here's Bill Anders asking, hey, everyone, thanks for the great, the continuous great content. He's talking to you guys. (laughs) He can't be talking to me. Right? How would you go about working haltings and rack pulls into the four-day heavy light split described in barbell prescription where the three-week cycle is week one, two sets of five, week two, two sets of three, week three, one set of two, and then restarting the cycle at a slightly heavier weight? Well, I don't know that I'd try to do that because that that cycle's not it doesn't feature the reps we use for haltings and rack pulls. So I don't think you could do that. So since there's a significant jump in intensity each week of the cycle, sticking to alternating week programming doesn't make any sense to me. Perhaps deadlifting, halting, rack pull. For each cycle or focus on haltings, one cycle swap to rack pulls for the next is another option. Uh, one likely unsustainable. I, I don't. Uh, I don't know if I would do that for somebody. I don't think I would do that. Yeah, I don't think I'd do it for somebody that's. Ha- I'm pulling things out of barbell prescription for. Oh no! If I'm, if I'm working with a client that, to to whom, barbell prescription applies you start doing this kind of hairy ass kind of training yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna recover yeah yeah not gonna recover yeah. just trust sullivan and baker on this and do what they told you to do in barbell prescription mm-hmm. but don't try to don't try to bring haltings and rack pulls into that into that equation because it won't work you're gonna fuck something up you know i had that discussion with nick uh, talking about haltings and haltings are Real fucking stressful. People think Holdings they're not. are very stressful. People think they're not, but they are. People don't try the damn things. Yeah. I don't know why they're just not fashionable now. But haltings are, are call them call them deficits, and then everybody will do them. Yeah, deficits. You do haltings <laughs> on a block or some <laughs> silly ass bullshit. But I, I, I never understand the deficit deadlift thing. That doesn't that never make. I any remember sense watching me. Nick Hilner Chase having Nick Hilner pulling off a deficit. And I'm watching this old man dying. And he and he set that bar down and he looked at Chase and goes, Have you ever had anybody die on this platform? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, remember, well, I remember asking Chase, like, what are you trying to do, man? What are you trying to do? <laughs> this is a long time ago. What are you trying to do? What, I mean, ago. if you want to increase the range of motion of the of the deadlift, why don't you just have him snatch grip deadlift mm-hmm. with his straps? Mm-hmm. I've never you know? seen a deficit work. I 
I, you know, they do. People do not, them all the not, time. Uh, I, well, Nick said that he. Got I don't understand the point, him, but, but I don't know. Well, it's just because well, he just he would have got strong off anything yeah. if he's going up in weight. Yeah, yeah. To get strong by going up in weight. Yeah. Not if by decreasing the amount of weight you can use because you're increasing the range of motion. Right. If, there's if a you benefit, want to do that, just snatch grip. If yeah. there's a benefit, it's because it makes the it makes the start position so shitty. Yeah. That <laughs> when does. you get back to your regular deadlift, it's you're like, so bad. This feels great. It feels good. It feels, yeah. It feels fantastic. But so does the snatch grip. Yeah. 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 Snatch grip makes the same shitty start position. Yeah. You know, most everybody in both of those movements is going to have some amount of lumbar flexion yeah. off the floor. Right. And I, I just don't see the point doing them. I really don't. Uh, I mean, this shit's hard enough already. <laughs> right? If you want to make it harder, go up five pounds. Yeah. You know, that would be productively harder. Right? So, uh, no... Bill, I wouldn't do that. I don't think I'd even toy with the idea of haltings and rack pulls on that, on that, in that kind of a program. Now, if you want to do haltings and rack pulls, just do them like we talk about in practical programming, where you're just doing sets of fives. You know, I think I've recommended sets of eight on haltings early in the program. Uh, sets of five haltings work just fine, but. Uh, people don't understand haltings are not really done the way deadlifts are haltings are done more the way cleans are because you have when you do a halting the back angle stays horizontal as long as you can keep it that way all right so this is a lot of work for the low back it's a whole bunch of work for the low back. You do them like you do cleans. Tell them for the lats, You stay too. out over the bar. Yeah, for the lats, too. And the lats are just murdered yep. in a halting deadlift. You know, the, but it's manageable, though, because it's not the whole range of motion. Right. You stop right at the top of the patella and set the damn thing back down. Now, rack pulls. Are, are the same way. They're a partial range of motion. You, but on, since the mechanics at the top of the pull are better than the mechanics at the bottom of the pull, you can halt it. You can rack pull more weight than you deadlift. And if you're not rack pulling more weight than you're deadlifting, then you're not using rack pulls to their potential. You're supposed to rack pull more than you deadlift. When I was doing these things, I was I was handling uh, for a set of five what I could deadlift at a meet on third attempt, on second attempt. I never took a third attempt at a meet. <clears throat> so it's a uh, it's a matter of uh, I don't know. You're you're trying to trying to shoehorn a a, a younger man's training program into a master's mm-hmm. uh, program, and I don't, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Okay, Frank says, "Rip, I'm enjoying all the various medical-related topics and guests that you talk to. Real informative. 
and helpful stuff, so big thank you. I've always felt recovery and poor sleep is an issue for me. I'm now on a CPAP, and it's not helping yet. It also takes oxybutazoline for nasal congestion. Works instantly, but now I can't get off of the stuff because I always feel congested before bedtime. It's an evil genius product. Needing these things really pisses me off. I've noticed quite a few people are on these things. Also, seems very common. As a species, why in the hell are we needing these mechanical and chemical interventions just to get a good night's sleep? We shouldn't have to. I might just try drinking half a bottle of whiskey every night instead. Works for me. <laughs> you think it's a similar phenomenon to the lowering testosterone levels in these modern times? And he's on TRT as well. All right. All right, look. Here's the situation. Let's say it's 200 years ago. And let's say you've got a deviated septum and you can't breathe very well through your nose and you go to sleep without oxymetazoline and you never, ever sleep worth a fuck. You never, ever are not tired. How old do you think you get? Not as old as you would get if you could sleep. So if somebody from the future brought you a bottle of oxymetazoline and told you to clean out your nose with some warm salt water and then put some oxymetazoline in it and contracted your nasal airway to the point where you could breathe all night through your nose and could therefore sleep, and now you could sleep instead of just tossing and turning all night, would you do it? Because it's unnatural. Let me tell you what's unnatural. Houses. Air conditioning. Air conditioning. Barbells. Heat. Barbells. Lifting shoes. <laughs> Those are unnatural. All that shit's let's, unnatural. Let's go back Refrigerators. to... Refrigerators. Those are unnatural. Whiskey. Whiskey's unnatural. <laughs> yeah. The only thing natural is water and and animals and rocks yeah. and stones and all this other shit. So let me suggest that you update your perception of what is okay for you to do. It's 2022. All right? You've decided that TRT is okay, and I applaud your decision on that. What's wrong with oxymetazoline? I don't want you to do it all day. I just want you to do it before you go to bed at night. Would you clean your nose out with warm saline? Now, if you're having real serious problems, go to an otolaryngologist and let him look at you. You may have some nasal polyps up in there that need to be taken out. If your sense of smell is real bad, then it may very well be you've got some nasal polyps that are interfering with that whole process. And those are surgically removed. That's not a big deal. And you need to get that done. 
Okay, but outside of an intervention like that, if you just have a badly deviated septum, you've got no choice but to either sleep like shit, even with a CPAP. Because if you got a badly deviated septum, the CPAP isn't going to work very well. Understand why, right? Go get your head checked out. And if if you want to, they can do a septoplasty and straighten the thing out. That'll help for a while. Sometimes those redeviate. Mine did. But oxymetazoline makes you sleep better. You don't do it because it gets you high. <laughs> it's not like dropping a tab of acid, you know. It's, you're how, doing it so you, you know? could go to sleep, which is kind of important, you know. That might be the same thing. It's not. He wouldn't know. It's not. Well, how many? How many? Two hundred and seventy-five pound six-three dudes were running around the Serengeti a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand years ago. Well, you know, I, that, I, I don't I, think many. Not many. <laughs> not many. many. You know why? Because there wasn't that much to eat. <laughs> yeah. And if you got that big, you became kind of a something to eat yourself. Right. You right? either became the chief or you uh, were killed. You became the chief or the hyenas consumed your ass. <laughs> yeah. All right? So e- everything about modern life is not You cannot equate with... modern life to what is natural. There's nothing natural about modern life. Nothing. 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 Yeah. nothing. Get used to the idea. Technology you know? is what got us here. The, the, the reason lots of us get to be 85 is because of air conditioning yeah. and refrigerators. Right water and cars and trucks that deliver food to the grocery store you know you can't recreate prehistory and if you do you've moved to sub-saharan africa which is not a good place to be right is that racist Depends on why you think the reason to not be in sub-Saharan Africa is, Rip. Lack of infrastructure. Then, no, probably no. not racist. It's probably not racist. No. Yeah, I, I, the, the, the uh, particularly acute lack of infrastructure <laughs> in uh, sub-Saharan Africa is the reason you don't want to be there. Right? It's pretty privileged, though. <laughs> I'm speaking from a position of privilege, You're aren't I? That's from, a good, yeah. very good I mean, point. who are you to judge? I'll just shut sure. up now. How about that? I don't know who you think you are. Before people unsubscribe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, anything else you want to add to that? No, that's about Frank's sleep, yeah. sleep situation. He's, he's not, uh, you know, I, look, Frank, lots of people don't sleep good, man. I don't know many old people that sleep good. I slept pretty good last night, which is pretty weird, but I slept pretty good last night. And the night before, I slept pretty good now that I think about it. But normally, You're I don't. You're on a streak, man. I'm on a streak, man. I sleep good tonight. I might come in in a good mood tomorrow. <laughs> That'd be weirder than hell, wouldn't it? <laughs> but, uh, hell, maybe my voice would heal up. Yeah. If I slept good three nights in a row, but you know you're not you're not doing this by yourself, buddy. Uh, uh, you you don't want to get off of oxymetazoline. That's like saying I want to get off of sleeping. <laughs> if oxymetazoline, if you only use it once a day, I've been using it for thirty years, and it works. And I've 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 got a 
a stash of the shit just in case the FDA makes it illegal because they heard it it made it me works. sleep better because yeah. <laughs> they heard it works so I've got a stash of the shit and uh, I just use it once a day I use the same dose I use two sprays in this nostril which is the big nostril and I use three sprays in this side which is the constricted by the deviated septum nostril. And I've been using exactly that same amount of oxymetazoline for 30 years. I mean, you don't get addicted to oxymetazoline. You know, like you're going to rob a liquor store to, you know, buy your, buy your oxymetazoline. You, you get addicted to sleeping better. <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, it would be hard to classify that as an addiction. You know, if you're taking it, because these guys that do it all day, that's not what we're talking about. Not what we're talking right. about. Yeah. You do it at night so you can sleep. And there's nothing wrong with sleeping. Okay? Now, all right, we're back down to the standard Zach the Jew question. Can't wait to hear it. I can't either. See how nervous I am with <laughs> anticipation. Responding to your response to my last question. You know, I, this guy's on here too much. Yeah. <laughs> if we got if I gotta start the damn question off with that, I mean I asked about the rising self-centeredness and individualism and the need for local collectivism. Ah, I remember that you, question. I don't remember it. Uh, you all agreed more or less with the second point, but you said that individualism isn't the issue nowadays, but mindless collectivism wearing the mask. Right, but I think it is. Wearing the mask and trusting the experts is exactly the type of thing necessary to support the atomized oh-so-special individual who is free of all constraints. The need to work, to eat, the need to please others, to get along in society, biology, etc. The centralized state, the centralized state and the complete servitude to its dictates is a weird but necessary symptom of excessive individualism. People don't know how to get along with other people and do stuff together that needs to get done. So the state and its experts swoop in and fuck over those of us that do. At some point, some people will want to take their lives back, but others like the fact that they don't need to do anything. Well, I don't see a question here. Yeah, there's no question. Just wanted I don't to see comment. A question. Are you think this is good or? Yeah, I don't. Or what? I, I think you're saying that. Uh, he sounds. We have to be. We have to smart. be a part of the collective to be free. Is that what he's? Is that what he's saying? I pretty much tuned out about halfway yeah, through. Yeah, me too. Zach the Jew. Sounds like it though. Maybe that's what he's saying. I don't know, Zach. You're gonna have to make your point a little more quickly. <laughs> a question would be good though. A question would be that would be kind of get things helpful. focused. 
then we can respond to the question. All right. Wearing the mask and trusting the experts is exactly the type of thing necessary to support the atomized, oh-so-special individual ah, who is free of all constraints, the need to work, eat, need to please others, get along society, biology, etc. Well, wearing the mask and trusting the experts are blatant indicators of an unwillingness to think for yourself as far as i can tell no not really it's just it's you don't an, think it's an unwillingness to stir the pot it's an unwillingness to uh well to, so to, you're to make waves. If these people know i think there's a lot of people that wearing the mask is bullshit stupid. and that the experts are bullshit but they just don't yeah. want to be oh con- absolutely i don't think want that's i think that's most people in the you think that's what it i is. think that's most people that we interact with in a day there's there's the the zealots that believe that they're saving the world for sure but that's the yeah. small minority of people i think everybody else knows that it's bullshit but they don't want to cause problems. Well, it could very well be. People are pussies. Remember when they? How many people? How many videos did you see of people when the pilot gets on the on the thing and says, uh, "Good news, we don't have to wear masks anymore," and ha- the whole fucking plane cheers. Right. 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 That tells you everything you need to know, right there. Well, and, that's and how a many, very good point. And how many people you know, just stopped wearing the mask? They were doing what they were told because sure. they were told. Yeah. Now traveling in the plane, whatever. But how many people stopped wearing a mask the day that the mandates were dropped? Right, I mean, how many people didn't stop wearing a mask the day? Well, that, those are the zealots. So those are the people that that, are that people. actually believe they're doing something. Fuck them, you know, they're they're goners. Those are the people that want you to that the, want you to understand that they did not vote for Donald Trump. Yeah, is who those people. Are. The thing is, and I, is I have far less of a problem with those people than the people who just went who just went along and went said, along to you get know, along. I don't I don't want to have any trouble. But this is anything any different than all of history. There's no, this always is just, been this two is just human nature. People. People that believe everything they're told, and people who actually have questions. Nothing has right. ever changed, and nothing's ever no, going that's, to that's, change. That's probably true. And you can't be too mad. So at the, the question is, which of the, those two groups is more useful? For who? That's the question. For who? The more useful group. One is more useful to the other one. The more useful group is the ones who don't want to cause any trouble, right? I'm just right. doing my job. That's the more useful yeah. group because that comprises the bulk of society. Sure. And if you don't have them, then we live in a continual state of civil war, and we can't get anything done that way. You can't be too mad at the fucking goofy yeah, people be. who think that, that they're doing the right thing, right, and they're saving everybody's life. You know, that, yeah. That's what they truly believe, whatever. They're scared. Um, but goddamn, man, how many people do you know that were just like, oh, yeah, ah, just put it on. Call. What does it cost yeah. you to just just put it on? Just put it on. Yeah. I know it's bullshit. You know it's bullshit. But just put it on. They want you to. How much does it cost you to just put it on? Right. No, I know that's despicable. It really is. Those are the kind of people. Throughout history, those are the kind of people that got a whole bunch of other people killed. Right. Whole bunch of other people killed because they just wouldn't say, no, no, I will not comply with your bullshit request. Whole bunch of people this past century. Yeah, unfortunately, it takes it takes uh, everybody's got to go through it one time to realize that because uh, you have to be a truly uh, on some level an asshole to to behave yes. in the way that 
you in behave such a non and the way that I behave sometimes. kind of. Yeah, you got to be an asshole. And uh, you know, I mean, we we closed our gyms for two months. We won't do it again. You know, because you, sometimes you got to go through it. You got to go. You got to go through that bullshit. Um, but uh, but there, there's got to be people out there who who say whose instant reaction is to say no, fuck you. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's that's. Uh, the the unfortunate you, you, you thing you have is, to have, and those people are always perceived as assholes. But you've got to get to where that's okay. Well, that's what that was my point. The unfortunate yeah. thing is that I, I I was hoping that this whole thing would have made a lot more people act that way, and I don't I don't see it. No, I don't. I think it's everybody adaptive just goes, to go along and get yeah, along. Yeah, everybody just that's goes adaptive. back to their baseline. You know, it lets them go through the day without. A big cortisol dump every thirty right. fucking minutes, you know, and uh, you know you can't live in a constant state of adrenaline, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, most people just would do anything to not have conflict. Yeah, but I'll say this much. I always see it in the news. Oh, new variant, new variant. They're still trying to push it. Oh, sure. And people sure don't give are. a shit anymore. People, people are finally people are, over People are going, yeah, monkey pox, right? Yeah. Fuck. People are over it. People will see you know. through the bullshit now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it I took long did. enough. It, it did take them long enough. I think a lot of them would put the mask back on. Yeah. If they were told to put the mask back on. You know, they start talking about monkey pox, people will start wearing gloves. And the glove makers will, you know, nitrile gloves will be right. The fashion item de rigueur, like I'm not the like the mask not be was something else. But what's it going to take on the next one? Well, that's the thing. I don't think <laughs> what's a, it gonna I don't take? Think a threat of a virus is going to do it anymore. <laughs> a virus that didn't kill anybody that everybody was terrified of. I don't think. Yeah. It's gonna what's do it anymore. What's the next thing going to be? Yeah. Well, it's got to be nuclear war, right? It's got to be something outrageous yeah. like that. It's going to. It's going to be something outrageous. The threat of nuclear war. That's where we're you know. I don't think monkeypox kills you, does it? I don't know. I think it just puts blisters on your skin. No it's idea. like a zoster type deal, isn't it? Don't know. Whenever I see monkeypox, uh, you know, it from what I understand, it's a, uh, you know, boys get it from other boys, and me not being into cocks, <laughs> I'm probably not. Damn. I'm probably not uh, terribly. You know, at risk, but um, man, I don't know. I think we've learned a lot about our fellow men in the past couple of years, though, haven't we? Yep. Haven't we? It's a tough lesson. It's a tough lesson, man. Here we thought everybody's reasonable, and you know, pretty much can be trusted to do the right thing and as it turns out they can't be trusted to do the right thing they can be trusted to do the easy thing yeah shitty deal man so you have some kind of joke we can end up on instead of crying we could could, uh there's a joke somewhere about monkeypox and cocks. Because of the rhyme? No. <laughs> is that what it is? Let me work on that. 
All right. Well, that's all. That's I all the here. questions. That's oh. all the questions, man. You got to set this up so we end on a good note. Yeah. Well, I didn't, you know, plan on it yeah, that's, being a that's true. Debbie Downer kind of a it's, goddamn it's deal. Zach the Jew's fault. Yeah, Zach the Jew. You fucking goddamn Piece idiot, Zach the Jew. Thanks for your subscription. Make a though, lampshade Zach. out of your ass. Is what we're gonna do. Oh shit. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> maybe no, maybe no. not. Maybe not. Damn. Well, Damn. that means we got to feature Ray Gillenwater a little bit more. Yeah, we got to make up for it. <laughs> Ray Gillenwater, the Jew. Yeah. We gave him his own show. Well, He's on every Monday. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so anyway, well, he doesn't ask stupid questions like that. <sighs> Okay. All right. Well. Well, now, I guess. Did we leave anything out? (laughs) No. We did comments. We covered it all. Yeah. (laughs) Did comments from the haters. Cut our losses. (laughs) All right. Well. Did you ask Bree if she's got anything? You got anything, Bree? No. You're good. You're good. We're we're set now. Perfect. We can wrap up. All right. (laughs) Let's wrap this up and go do something. productive shall we thank you for being here this week on starting strength radio we'll see you next time if we're permitted to